Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. Five, four, three, two, one. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. A confirmed attack is taking place against the United States. Aliens from an unknown location have been reported in multiple states. We are controlling transmission. There is another world that awaits, far beyond what we can see and feel. A place that's anything but ordinary. What you believe might not be. Step into the zone of the best unknown. UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracies and cover-ups. Into the paranormal we go. I like that part. Far beyond what we can see and feel. You bet we're headed there tonight. I'm Jeremy Scott, somewhere between the paranormal and the abnormal. I don't know about you, but I could use a vacation right about now with everything that's going on in the world. I don't know. It was just a it was a stressful day today. I had to take a step outside and just and, you know, it was interesting because. When I mentioned, you know, that I need a vacation, I uh, was talking with the wife about maybe going down to the beach tomorrow on a rare day off. And then I just look at all the highways and, and they're flooded. They're telling people not to drive through there. So, yeah, I'm thinking that's not a not a good thing. And so who knows if we'll get a vacation before the end of the year. But that comes with a little bit of a warning why, in some cases, uh, it has not been a pleasant, uh, relaxing experience. As they say, just about anything, any place, anyone can exhibit paranormal activity. And it can happen at any pla- any time and place, uh, whether it's day or night, even right around Christmas. It's not just something that happens around Halloween. So, you know, this vacation seems relaxing on the surface, but uh, just be careful what you bring home. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, the darker reality at some of uh, some locations where one might travel on a vacation. Some uh, places like amusement parks and museums and zoos. And to do that, we've... uh, Brought back Sylvia Schultz onto the program, who is a researcher and a librarian, a ghost hunter, paranormal investigator. 
She is the author of several books, including Day of the Dead, Spirits of Christmas, and her latest is Gone on Vacation, Haunted Zoos, Museums, and Amusement Park. Sylvia, welcome back to the program. Jeremy, I am absolutely delighted to be here with you. Maybe uh, a little bit too much, and that could be scary for some. Uh, Why this uh, makes you so happy to talk about all of this spooky stuff? Oh, man. I just had an absolute blast with my latest book, Gone on Vacation, and it's been getting great reviews, and it's just tons of fun. You actually go towards this stuff and not the other way. I do, yes. Um, Somebody tells me about a haunted museum, I'm just like, point me in the right direction and give me a shove. I'm there, man. (laughs) So is it true that we can find ghosts just about anywhere? Absolutely. I really believe that the supernatural is just as close as our next breath. Um, The paranormal is all around us, and you said it very well in your introduction that that there's the abnormal and there's the paranormal, and where they meet, that's that's where we intend to be. (laughs) And it's not necessarily always even ghosts or dead people, uh, but just weird stuff that happens, right? Oh, absolutely. Our world is a wonderful, strange, exciting place, and I am so jazzed to bring people stories of the weirder side of human existence. Uh, and and you actually hope that these experiences happen to you uh, while you're in these locations as well, <laughs> from my understanding. Oh, man, that's the fun part, is going out looking for these experiences and, and actually having them happen. You bet. And so uh, talk about locations and and we'll get into some of these locations but why certain ones might be more prone to this activity than others well sure uh the book started off as a book about haunted zoos and then i added museums and amusement parks just because i thought it was fun um in the research that i did i realized that there are times when a place becomes haunted because of something that happened there or because of what happened before the venue was even thought of. A good example is Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago. Not a whole lot of people know this. Well, they will after I talk about it on the show. But um, interestingly enough, the land where Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago sits used to be way back in the day the city cemetery of chicago yeah it's it's built right over a cemetery when chicago was first thought up um, people came to the area and settled and lived there and then of course died there and people they, they had to have somewhere to bury these early settlers of chicago They set aside land for a cemetery, and City Cemetery was really big. It was, it catered to all walks of life. There were pauper's graves there. There were people of middle class buried there. There were the very rich of early Chicago society buried there with beautiful marble monuments and mausoleums. 
all sorts of wonderful remembrances of an entire cross-section of early Chicago society that was represented in City Cemetery. But then after Chicago started growing, um, people decided, this, the city commissioners decided that maybe it wasn't such a good idea to have all these dead people next to the city's drinking water <laughs> source, which was Lake Michigan. And this was right next to Lake Michigan. So they thought, well, you know what, let's, let's, um, let's rethink this a bit. So they, they opened up two other cemeteries, Graceland and Rose Hill, farther away from the lake. And they started moving bodies. Some of the bodies that were Uh-oh. there, this, <laughs> this was, well, th- this, um, this whole enterprise took place in the 1860s. And some of the, the bodies that were there were actually Confederate soldiers that had passed, the prisoners of war that had passed away at Camp Douglas in Chicago. They were also buried in City Cemetery. So it was after the Civil War that the city commissioners decided to open these other two cemeteries and move bodies. And they started doing that. They really did. But then on October 8, 1871, the Chicago fire happened. And people sought refuge in SETI Cemetery. They reasoned, well, there aren't any buildings there, so the fire isn't going to attack any buildings in the cemetery. It'll be safe to hide in the cemetery from the flames. What they didn't count on was the fact that the flames were so intense that the fire followed people into the cemetery. The flames were so hot that they burned the trees down to below the soil line. It ravaged the cemetery. The the wooden grave markers of the poorer people were just obliterated. The marble monuments of the rich folks that were buried there became superheated. Any moisture that was in these marble monuments superheated and these monuments exploded sending shards of marble everywhere. People realized pretty quickly that they weren't going to find any solace and refuge in the cemetery, so they actually waded into the waters of Lake Michigan and and finally found some respite from the flames there. But City Cemetery was demolished by the fire, and it's estimated that there are about 20,000 bodies still underneath the soil of Lincoln Park, what is modern-day Lincoln Park, just because these bodies never got moved after the fire, and they they lost track of so many. So here's a perfect example of a location which its history influences what's happening present day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really believe that you can't understand the ghost stories of a place without knowing the history behind it. There's another interesting story about Lincoln Park in general, not the, not the cemetery, Lincoln Park. And that is that Lincoln Park was the site of a wonderful great big bridge, a sightseeing bridge. The Columbian Exposition, the World's Fair of 1893, was set up in Jackson Park in Chicago, where the Museum of Science and Industry is now. Jackson Park is just a few miles away from Lincoln Park, 
And if you stood at the top of this beautiful bridge and looked towards the south, you could see these buildings, the White City it was called. You could see these beautiful white buildings of the World's Fair from Lincoln Park. The other thing that people used this bridge for was for um, ending themselves. Oh, yes. People would hang themselves from the bridge and people would jump off the top. They would take the short way down. And the Victorians being the very familiar with death people that they were, they would actually go and have picnics in Lincoln Park hoping to see somebody take the short way down from the top of the bridge. Um, it, it seems very morbid and macabre to us today, but yeah, this was a thing in Victorian times. They even made postcards of the bridge in Lincoln Park, and these postcards were labeled Suicide Bridge. Yeah, it was it was a totally accepted thing that people just used this bridge to, to end themselves. Um, in the 1920s, the bridge was torn down, and the city commissioners again said, well, it's... It didn't disrepair, and it would cost too much to repair it, but everybody knew that's why they actually tore the bridge down. The ghost stories associated with Suicide Bridge and with Lincoln Park in general started back in the 1880s. There are police reports of officers on patrol in the city cemetery and in Lincoln Park that would see phantoms in the park and chase them and they disappear after leading the police on a short chase and in other cases it gets a lot worse uh, we'll hear some of these stories continuing with our conversation sylvia schultz my guest tonight paranormal baggage on the program into the paranormal Jeremy Scott talking with Sylvia Schultz tonight on Into the Paranormal. Uh, so imagine a scenario of, uh, well, she was just telling us before the break about some historical accounts of uh, police officers chasing these phantoms through the cemetery, an area where there's a history of suicides committed by the bridge there. And I'm wondering if there's a connection. So uh, what? They see these uh, shadows, and they go running after them, and then they just disappear? Exactly, yes. These stories come from police reports of the late 19th century, even before the bridge was torn down. Police officers would tell of being on their rounds through the park, and they would see shadow figures near the park, near the lagoon. There was a recurring phantom that would appear regularly in the park, the police nicknamed him Sombrero Man because it looked for all the world like a dark figure that was wearing a broad-brimmed hat. And the cops would chase Sombrero Man and actually shoot at the phantom, and somehow the phantom would shoot back. And no, nobody was ever off... Nobody was ever 
harmed in this gunplay. Neither officers nor the ghost was ever harmed in this this gunplay. Well, this this running. Yeah, we gun couldn't check the bodies the for uh, holes, could we now? No, 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 we could not. Um, yeah, this it's it's very interesting to read these these reports from back in the day these these hardened chicago beat cops talking about phantoms they've encountered in lincoln park (laughs) maybe these are people who have jumped from the bridge what are we thinking here some of them are probably bridge jumpers there are also um there the spirits of two little girls um are seen near in lincoln park and two sisters aged 10 and 12 actually did drown in Lake Michigan in 1907, which, as I mentioned earlier, Lake Michigan is right next to Lincoln Park. So it's very possible that their spirits have wandered over from the lake into the park. Very interesting. Uh, are there other reports of a strange activity in, in this particular location? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There are... If you go to Lincoln Park Zoo, which is the main attraction in Lincoln Park nowadays, you will get photobombed. (laughs) There are apparitions that will show up in pictures that are taken. If you are doing sound recording or filming on your phone, you're very likely to pick up EVPs or ghost voices. Unexplained noises will show up in in your soundtrack. There are Victorian-era spirits, full-body apparitions that will show up and then just disappear as you're looking at them. There is one Victorian lady that likes to hang out in the women's restroom in the Lion House for some odd reason. She's very often reported in the mirrors in the restroom at the Lion House. I can imagine what uh, the reaction would be to, to seeing something like that. I'm Jeremy Scott. Sylvia Schultz is my guest. More Into the Paranormal is coming up. This is Paranormal News. The Air Force is funding a new effort to track and identify objects in space that pose a threat. Low Earth orbit is becoming increasingly crowded with unresolved resident space objects, such as dead satellites, rocket parts, tools, and other human-made debris. The Space University Research Initiative, based out of the University of Texas at El Paso, hopes to safeguard military and commercial space assets from these threats using advanced spectroscopy, 
machine learning and other advanced techniques. The need for action has never been greater with space junk breaking up and often colliding with stationary objects like the International Space Station, along with a countless number of near misses. George Henry, Paranormal News. Amusement parks located within the United States that have reportedly experienced paranormal activity. It's not just a haunted, abandoned amusement park. It happens to be sacred land to Native Americans known as the Shawnee Tribe. Something else was inside the museum with him when it was closed. And you would hear people talking. The most haunted museum in the the world. Many people believe that this place is haunted by dead animals. It's widely believed that she is the ghostly apparition that many refer to today as the woman in white, who, even to this day, is still seen roaming the zoo. What's really the truth? Into the paranormal, separating fact from fiction. I suppose a time or two, somebody's gone screaming just like that out of one of these haunted attractions. Say an amusement park, a zoo, or a museum. Sylvia Schultz has written a book about this. It's called Gone on Vacation. We're discussing it tonight. And if you uh, have an experience yourself, maybe you've been on vacation and something strange like this has happened, or you've uh, maybe gone on a paranormal road trip. Uh, investigating these locations. No matter how far or wide you may have traveled there, have you experienced something strange on vacation, on a road trip? 503-506-0396, our number in the United States and Canada. That is 503-506-0396. You can get in anywhere in the world on Skype at ITP51. So uh, apparitions in the mirror, huh, Sylvia? Yes, yes. Um, That is one of the hallmarks of the hauntings at Lincoln Park Zoo is that there uh, is a Victorian dressed lady that shows up behind someone in the mirror. If you are in the women's restroom in the Lion House and you look in the mirror, sometimes there will be someone standing behind you that you cannot see except for in the mirror. So... Zoos aren't always haunted by, you know, animals, but but as humans as well, just like any location. Oh, yes, absolutely. There are definitely stories of zoos that are haunted by zookeepers that enjoyed their jobs so much that they just have never left. Um, The Alexandria Zoological Park... um, is haunted by the the ghost the I'm sorry the ghost of a former zookeeper uh, named Rob a uh, man named Robert Leslie Whit. Les Whit was devoted to his zoo. He um, was very talented in the the field of designing habitats for his animals. He cared for his animals animals very, very much. So when he passed away at a very young age from heart disease, he decided to stay at his zoo. Les Whit had a very interesting sense of humor, and that has shown up in the hauntings that he does. 
the animals absolutely were devoted to him. So if you are walking around the Alexandria Zoo and the, the animals, especially the monkeys, if you're walking past the monkey cages and the monkeys just absolutely start going nuts for no particular reason, it's a safe bet that less wit is around. And one of the one of my favorite hauntings of this particular zoo is that the spirit of less wit likes to mess with you. You will be walking past a cage and you'll hear this threatening, res- resonating growl, and you'll look over and you're next to the gazelle cage or a habitat with bunny rabbits in it <laughs> the spirit will will mess with you by by making horrible threatening noises at the the, the scene of a a cage that are display that holds really harmless animals but he's he's just messing with you so a uh, zookeepers uh maybe uh, uh grounds people uh i i suppose uh even somebody who maybe has uh from time to time, you do hear about people who have uh, you know, been mauled or whatnot uh, at the zoo. So all of the above. Uh, but then also, these are where the animals uh, spend their dying days. That's true, yes. There are... Griffith Park Zoo in Los Angeles is an example, fortunately a very remote example of animals haunting the zoo because that was a place where many, many animals suffered and died. Um, Griffith Park Zoo is notorious for that sort of thing. That zoo was one of the worst of the worst. This was a zoo that didn't have habitats. It had straight-up cages, and the animals suffered terribly. There have been psychics that have, been, that have visited Griffith Park Zoo, and their impressions of the animals are just heartbreaking and the the psychics advice if you go to this zoo is to say sit there try and communicate with these animals that have suffered and died in such pain and fear and terror and just imagine their animal guides coming to bring them home, to bring them into the light. Just sit there, commune with them, send them towards the light, send them, tell them that they don't have to suffer anymore and do your part to bring these animal souls, these innocent souls into a better place. So zoos are a location uh, where people would would visit on... uh vacation uh so are museums now there's museums that are haunted because they're in a a building say where you know a death has happened but also museums of haunted artifacts where anything can happen yes (laughs) absolutely one of my favorite places is the museum of haunted objects in nottingham england and that is three whole floors of nothing but haunted artifacts. It's brilliant. Um, actually, four floors if you count the basement. I was in the basement too, and that's it's just fantastic. The energy in there is off the charts. There are so many fun artifacts there. They have they they are gifted 
with a lot of haunted artifacts that come to the museum because people have had trouble with them. One of the exhibits in that museum is a package wrapped in bubble wrap. <laughs> they got a haunted doll from someone who was having so much trouble with it that this, this, these people took the doll covered it in salt and wrapped it up in bubble wrap and sent it to the museum saying, here, you guys take it. We don't want it anymore. <laughs> and the, the, the curators at the museum have left it in the bubble wrap with the salt around it until they can do more research on it to find out how to best approach this haunted artifact. Um, some of the other other artifacts include haunted skulls. There are skulls that will that will make noise, that um, will laugh, that will that will scream. Wonderful haunted objects in that particular museum. Again, subjective. Some would say creepy. Uh, you say wonderful. Yes, yes, there are actually two human skulls in the in the first floor of the haunted museum, the Museum of Haunted Objects in Nottingham that you can hold. There's a male skull and a female skull and they are mildly haunted and yes, you can hold them, you can have your picture taken with them. And uh yeah, some people would get creeped out by that, but um yeah, I don't have problems with skulls or bones or anything. What gets me is mummies. I do not do mummies well at all. The stories about haunted mummies will creep me out. They're uh, fun, but they creep me out. <laughs> so any uh, known paranormal activity tied to some of these places, museums in particular? Oh, sure. There's a cracking story I got from the Milwaukee Museum. Um, this came from a security guard. Security guards are the sources of the most wonderful stories because they're at the museum or the zoo or the park after hours when all the public has gone home and it's nice and quiet and dark. There was a security guard that was just starting her shift. Her shift had been going for about half an hour or so. And she was on the first floor of the museum. She happened to look up at the mezzanine and catch movement out of the corner of her eye. And she said, you know what? The museum's been closed for half an hour. There shouldn't be anyone up there. So she went up to the mezzanine level. And down a hallway, she saw a cloud of like black flies that were all coalesced this these these black somethings all in a cloud of it that had had formed in this hallway and it was moving down the hallway and she decided to follow it i mean she's a security guard her job is to keep the museum secure so she's going to follow this cloud of smoky stuff and it goes down the and to the end of the hallway, and she said, aha, it's a dead end. It's got nowhere to go. But she was wrong about that. At the end of that hallway was a exhibit of South American mummies. And there was a case, a glass case, of a burial of a woman that was kind of 
in situ it was it was set up with the soil around this mummy just like it had been found with the the clothes still on it and her her long dark hair had turned gray with age and her mouth had fallen open in the the mummification the natural mummification process her she was curled in the fetal position her fists were up near her her face and the security guard followed this cloud of black smoky stuff into that room with the mummies and she swears that this cloud went to the mummy case the the glass case where the mummy was went through the glass and went into the open mouth of this female mummy and disappeared poof it's straight out of supernatural <laughs> uh you mentioned uh, amusement parks as well because that's uh, one of the things that you talk about in the book uh and, and lake shawnee that one's in west virginia that one's got a uh, a history with uh, N- native americans on the land as well right it does indeed yes it was the home of the shawnee tribe the, uh, a lot of the haunting seems to result from incidents that happened at the park, but also an incident that happened in 1783. There was a, a pioneer family that was uh, had settled on this land, and they were attacked by the Indians, the, the Native Americans. And two of the three of the children of the family were killed two of them were killed right there and one was taken hostage and taken to the village the indian village and burned at the stake and um that has resulted the the three children are buried on that land and they rested there from 1783 till the 1920s when the shawnee lake shawnee amusement park was first opened and people had forgotten that they were there but um yeah they they are the children are buried the three clay children are buried on the land and a lot of native americans are buried on that land as well if you go to lake shawnee the the abandoned lake shawnee amusement park you can actually see this indian burial site and it is good practice for paranormal investigators that go there to make an offering of tobacco and pay their respects to the native spirits that are on the land before they start their investigation of all the spirits that are on the land. And people report uh, any strange activity on that land still today? Oh, absolutely. There was a little girl who was killed on at the park. She was on a swing ride. And what, her spirit still haunts the place today? Oh, very much so. More on that with Sylvia Schultz when we come back. I'm Jeremy Scott. Into the Paranormal. Be careful, you could be uh, transporting around paranormal baggage as you go from uh, one location to another. Talking with Sylvia Schultz. Among many things, she's a researcher, an investigator, and her new book, Gone on Vacation, looking at haunted amusement parks, zoos, and museums. We're talking about Lake Shawnee Amusement Park there in West Virginia with its history and uh, a spirit of a girl who has died. Or has she? 
Well, she's died, <laughs> but she's but she's come back. She is still there. Yes. Um, she was killed at the park in the early 1950s. She was riding on the big circle swing and a delivery truck that was carrying soda for the refreshment stand right next to the swing ride backed up without looking. And the, the truck hit the swing ride and, and killed this little girl. She was wearing a pink dress at the time and she still manifests wearing this pink dress. And she is still very much active at this park um a, a fellow named gaylord white senior bought the park in 1985 and tried to revitalize it people stayed away in droves because they were just creeped out being there there's something about the park that just set people's nerves on edge so it kind of went belly up after three years but it it has found new life as a site for paranormal investigation and the little girl in the pink dress is definitely there. Um, Gaylord White Sr. would, he, he, he considered himself the caretaker of the park. And he would, he would keep, try to keep the grounds nice for these investigators that would come in. He would, he would mow the grass. And there was one time when he, was, he, he used a riding mower to mow the grass, of course, because it's a big area. And he would feel a weight pressing down on his shoulders, and he couldn't explain that. Until one day when he was mowing, he, he felt a presence next to him, and he looked over and saw this little girl in the pink dress sitting next to him on the tractor seat. And she said that she wanted the tractor. So Mr. White said, okay <laughs> and he stopped the tractor and he got off and the tractor has sat where he left it ever since it is now hers <laughs> uh, a very odd coincidence there uh, ghosts or spirits of christmas the dark side of the holidays uh you take a look at some of the uh, darker stories uh these are not the the jolly old elf <laughs> right. no no there's there's the, it's the darkest time of the year. It's it's the the winter winter solstice and and uh, the the longest night of the year and and there are a lot of creepy things that happen in the dark of the year when you're huddled close to the fire, such as. So, um, well, one of my favorite stories is the story of the chicken ghost. Um, a ghost One night that looks like a chicken or smells like a chicken? or It, it is a chicken. It, it is, is a, a ghost. Chicken. It, it smells like a, a chicken, ghost. looks like a chicken, must be a chicken. <laughs> it must be a chicken, yes. Um, there was a, a, in December 1943, there was a British airman who was stationed in London, and he was crossing Pond Square in London, and he heard something that was very much out of place in the city of London. He heard a chicken squawking. And he heard that the wheels of a carriage going across cobblestones, and there were no cobblestones around. There was certainly no chicken around. And he looked around, and he saw a chicken that had no feathers. And the chicken ran around squawking for a little bit, this little naked chicken, and suddenly it ran past him and absolutely vanished. And... He was not the only person to see this chicken. People have been seeing this 
naked plucked chicken in Pond Square for many, many decades. What happened was the, the chicken's origin story is that in April 1620. We've got a minute left, so, uh, so tell us quickly. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sir Francis Bacon was riding in a carriage and realized that the snow that was being picked up by the carriage wheels was revealing green grass underneath. So he thought, well, you know, we can use snow to preserve food. And the guy he was riding with said, ah, you're full of beans. That wouldn't happen. So Francis Bacon stopped the carriage, went to the nearest house, bought a chicken, killed it, plucked it, filled it with snow, and preserved it. But the joke was on him because he caught pneumonia doing that and passed away a few weeks later. But the chicken ghost that gave up its life for the pursuit of food preservation is still around and still does haunt part. You can read more of those strange stories. Sylvia Schultz.com. S H U L T S.com. Her website. Good night, folks. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 